Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David and as always I am joined by the mighty Matt. Hello there. Hooray, we got there. Uh, listeners, you won't know this, but that was our third attempt at the uh, intro for this episode. Yeah, sign of things to come. <laughs> I hope not. And we're recording later as well. Um, we're recording on a Monday evening again. Not um, just any Monday. Much like last week, this is a special mm-hmm. Monday, David. Is it? So, I think last time it was like the anniversary of the Master's first appearance? Yes, so you tell me. Uh, I haven't fact-checked that, but... Uh... Well, today would have been Roger Delgado's 103rd birthday. Would it? Yeah. Ah. Wow. Yeah, he. I mean, I don't know how much you're aware of it. He died quite tragically young, to be honest. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah. Um, and, I, and there's a lot of speculation. It was one of the key motivators in, in Pertwee deciding to throw in the towel when he did. Because he did. Uh, I one, thought you were going to say there was a, there was a lot of speculation. It was Pertwee. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I mean, I know there no. were enemies on screen, but no, they were quite the opposite in real life. They really got on well, and um, yeah, uh, he. I, I want to say it was some kind of car accident or something. I think. Uh, okay. Uh, so, for Delgado, but yeah, yeah, um, he did one series after. Uh, Delgado's passing and uh, I think it just he was just wasn't feeling it yeah. you know it just kind of wasn't the same for him um, for many still the best master you know mm-hmm. the original and best yeah um, so what what have we got to talk about this week oh I think we've got a bit of a doozy of an episode to be honest we're, we're talking about the girl who died mm. uh, we'll get your thoughts on it uh in a little bit, um, but before we get there, um, you've you've uh, been bigging something up to me this week, Matt. Yeah, and thankfully, <laughs> I, I've waited until we've started recording. You're not allowed to check your phone, yeah, because uh, I have sort of released what we're doing out onto Twitter now, just in case any listeners want to join in. Oh, okay, that's exciting. So. I've come up with a new feature, David, and I think it's fair to say since the Wheelie Big Quiz, they've been hit and miss. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, Meal of the Week seems to be doing pretty well. It's pretty popular. Me- me- meal of the Week's established, okay? Yeah. But, you know... That's, ha- just, that's just a permanent fixture on the format now, is it? Yeah, every week I make a little note of Meal on the Week, but, uh-huh. you know, we don't need to go through... Uh, through... The King Crimson debacle again. <laughs> okay, go on. Do you know what I realised today? And I put this out on yep. the Twitter to our listeners. That uh, I was playing Grand Theft Auto and on the radio station there's a King Crimson song. Uh, which one is it? Uh, something about Poseidon. Oh, In the Wake of Poseidon. Uh, yeah, I didn't listen yeah. to it. I immediately changed it over and started listening to the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> so weird choice weird choice I don't know why they wouldn't have gone with something a bit more straightforward like uh, 21st century schizo just man. just like some good good music they could have put on instead um, <laughs> but I've, I've done it David I, I think this feature yeah. I think you're going to really enjoy this okay, okay. Um, so I'll it's be the got, judge it's got the interactivity of the wheelie big quiz mm-hmm. it, it's got longevity okay 
And when we tried to do the music review, I had a little girl one week, you had a little girl the next. We can do that's that. Not that's not what happened. Be quiet. <laughs> okay. So I, I think I think we can take take this on. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, all week I've been teasing it. I've I've nicknamed it Codename Podsaver. Yeah. Okay. I mean that that very much suggests that you think that our podcast needs saving. But it's somehow just d- sticking to the original premise is not enough for you. No. So, what what I've done, you know I yep. like to steal ideas from TV shows. You do. So, this week we're going to play a little game called Would I Lie to Who? <laughs> okay, okay point, points for the, uh, for the uh, title. You I'll know do... I'm all about puns. Yeah. Okay, so David, I have three statements about Doctor Who. Uh huh. One of which is true, and two are complete lies. Okay. And I want you to try and deduce which one's which. Okay, I'm up for this. Okay, I'm up and for ne- this. next week you'll be able to tell the tales, and I'll try and guess. Oh, you know what? That does sound fun. All right. I, I, th- you've, I think you've this You've got is me, the Matt. One. You've got me. Right? Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. So, three tales. Which one's truth, which one's lies? You can obviously ask me questions once I've told you them. Yep. Okay, so, number one. This week, I visited my dear old mum, and she presented me with photographic evidence that I have met an actor who has played the Doctor. Oh, okay. Okay. Tale Um number two. It's, ama- if it, it's amazing that you must have been young because otherwise you would have brought it up on the podcast by this point. But yeah, go on. Tell number, number two. two. Since starting this podcast, I am sad to say I have unironically bought and often wear a full-length Tom Baker scarf. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And statement number three, I recently competed... In the quiz Mastermind, where my specialist subject was Doctor Who, and I didn't get a single question wrong. Okay, so to unpack things a bit, we're not talking about the actual televised version of Mastermind, but maybe something at your school or something? Uh, it was a Zoom quiz with friends. Okay. Uh, so we quite often do them, and this week... The theme was Mastermind. Everyone submitted a specialist subject. And I you went with Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. The, the, the friends that you yeah. were doing it with, were they aware that um, of, of the podcast and stuff? Uh, I think they should have been, because obviously yeah. they're like Facebook friends and what have you. Yeah, yeah. And because I'm just wondering, because like you, you know, you seem fairly ashamed of of this podcast in certain circles. <laughs> Yeah. But if you've done so, something 120 times, you're going to pick up a little bit of knowledge, aren't you? You are. It's true. It's true. But, the, but crucially, you're you're claiming you've got nothing wrong. Not a single question wrong. Mm. Which makes me wonder, was the person who set it like pretty much just sticking to the RTD era and, and pretty standard stuff? Um, okay. And the other, the second one, you... Uh, Tom Baker scarf. Yeah. Now bought one unironically. Unironically, I mean they are nice. Uh, you know it would be nice and comfy. It's been a, it's been a, 
a harsh couple of months winter-wise. You know what? That's why I bought it. I only yeah. bought it recently. And, yeah. You know, it's a nice coloured bit of mustard, like a nice camo green in amongst it all. Uh-huh. And, like, full length, though, we're talking. Yeah, so... Uh, certainly, when I've got it on, wrapped around yeah. me, like, yeah. I, when I wear it in the style that Tom Baker does, <laughs> it, it easily hangs beneath my knees. Yeah. Um... Or the the other one was you've met you've met a doctor who acted, but was it, okay can I can I ask you would have been very young when this happened um not not that young actually so you should you should have a memory of this I, and yet seemingly once, once my mum pointed it out to me I could not believe that I had forgotten. <laughs> because it's, it's that's the thing it staggers me that you wouldn't have mind that. Anecdote well, for all of its value it, on the pod already. Well, that's it. I mean, I, it, it's Peter Davison. Okay. Okay. Now you've met Peter Davison. If if you'd have shown me the picture like my mum did, yeah, it just looks like a picture of me and sort of like an older gentleman. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah, met he just him. Looks very, he's got quite a he's got quite a generic face. It must be said. Yeah, I met him at the opening of the James Herriot Museum, where he was invited as the guest of honour. Okay, that tracks, that tracks, because obviously he played James Herriot in All Creatures Great and Small. Yeah, and we live close to... And we live very close to the Herriot Museum, so... That's right. Okay, I am going to guess... The Tom Baker scarf, because you do, I, you know, you're not afraid to splash a bit of cash around. No, you know, in the name of Doctor Who related stupidity for this podcast. I'm, I'm but just I don't stupidity. think you would go out in public wearing a Tom Baker scarf. Okay, so are you saying that that is not the case, or that's that the I, I, yeah, that is the one that I'm claiming is the lie, because it's two, two truths and a lie, isn't it? Sorry, it's two lies and a truth. Oh, two lies and a truth. Okay, right, so. That's so. I'm going to say that's a lie. I'm going to say that you haven't met Davison. I think it it's it's clever. It's cle- you know it's a sneaky one that you know because obviously we've got the fact that we we do live. You've put some thought into that. So, but yeah, I think. I think the truth is you did the 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 mastermind quiz and you did get all the questions right. Well, David. This week, yep. I competed in an online mastermind quiz. <laughs> yes. Doctor Who was my specialist subject, and I got every question right. Well done. What was the hardest question? Uh, they weren't actually that difficult, because they were all pretty much about the reboot. Yeah. So I it figured. was things things like, what is Rose Tyler's mum's name? Easy. Yeah, that's... That's not hard. She's 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 a pretty much a major character for two series. I know, but to a to an outsider. Yeah, yeah, I can see. That's that's the thing. There is there is a very, there's quite a steep um divide, isn't there, between the casual who fat audience and like the fandom. Yeah. You know. Plus even even if they ask difficult questions, that's the stuff we pick up on. So if they were like, oh, who was the name of the uh, security guard at the department store where Rose worked? I'd be like, that's Wilson. Yeah. And if they were we, like, we, oh, we talked about it for ten minutes on our first they were episode. Like, who did Ricky borrow his 
like removal truck crane from. I'd be like, oh, Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, full marks. Full marks. Well, well done. Well done. And yep. full marks to me. Yeah. Let's well not done. gloss over that. I, so, I mean, credit where credit's due. I, I initially, I was, I was ready to buy the Davison story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you put some thought into that one and I'll, I'll give you credit for that, Matt. Um, well, I, I, I hate to say it. I enjoyed that, Matt. <laughs> yeah. So next week, if you prepare the tales and I'll guess, yep. or if All you right. don't want to, I'll just prepare more tall tales. And they've got, so, and we're going with, it's got to be in relation to, like, our relationship with Doctor Who. Well, so what, we what, have to feature. What I thought in some capacity. for the first time was we could just do that. Yeah. Because it only came into my head that you would never believe that I have done Mastermind on Doctor Who. <laughs> but then I thought maybe after that we could both do one on, like, the first Doctor, then the second. Yeah, there's lots of potential. Um we really, really should hold some sort of planning meeting so we don't discuss this sort of stuff on air. <laughs> the listeners love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, that's really cheered me up. I've enjoyed Good. that, Matt. Um, Do you know what's uh, going to cheer me up? What? Here's another game, right? Okay. <laughs> A little bit of... I mean, you're pushing your luck now, Matt, but go on. A little bit of ASMR. Let's see if you okay. can guess what this is. So it's a that's a you're flipping through a book of some sort, aren't you? I think that's what no, it sounds no, no, like no, over Skype, anyway. Not a what book. What about this? What does this sound like? Oh, maybe some like plastic miniatures or something. Oh, it's a plastic package, but I'm just about to tuck into some Tim Tams. Oh, ho, ho, ho. after after Who's discussing them, um, I bought some online. Yeah, and I bought I... some Milo that. Like Australian <laughs> Nesquik. Uh huh. How much do you think I paid for one packet of biscuit and essentially a pot of hot chocolate? I dread to think. I absolutely dread to think. I mean, we're talking probably close to twenty quid, maybe. Uh, yeah, you're not far off. Eighteen pounds. Eighteen quid, yeah, for a packet of penguins for, and some Nesquik. Eight, Eighteen penguins and some hot chocolate. <laughs> oh, well, that, that enjoy is a good biscuit. Oh, I mean, I am jealous. I'm not going to lie. Still on the bucket list, but I've just, you know, I'm not a big spender generally, Matt. I'm just. What, you, you've, you've never paid more than ten pounds for a packet of biscuits. I can't say that I have. No. Uh, no. Some would say that's like a, a fool's errand. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Now, having said that, I did I did splash a bit of cash today. I'm not uh-huh. going to lie. I had, I had a bit of extra pocket money sat in my bank account. And I was like, you know what? Today's the day. Um, it, it seems to be, as well, it, it happens at low ebbs. Do you remember last time I was, re- I was having a really, really tough week at work? And so I decided the best solution was to buy the complete War Doctor series on from Big yes. Finish. Uh-huh. Uh, today I finally pulled the trigger and pre-ordered uh, the entire announced run of Christopher Eccleston's stories. Oh, wow. So, all four volumes as one bundle. And when when does the first one drop? Uh, c- 
couple of months from now, I think. So little wait yet. But the thing is, they do that thing of like, there's a pre-order price and then it jumps up a bit mm-hmm. once it's released. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to get in on the pre-order price because there's no, I cannot foresee a scenario in which I don't eventually want to listen to all of these. So. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if they're spaced apart, by the time you've listened to the first one, you'll probably be hungry for the second Absolutely, yeah. I think I think it's the last volume doesn't come out until like twenty twenty two or something. Um, it's spaced out over over like a couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. But all, you know, all in all, twelve new episodes with Eccleston. That's that's basically the the same length as his original run. Mm. So I'm very very excited to see what Big Finish do with him. But yeah, well, so so. That's that's a, that was the thing because again I'd had a I'd had a shitty old week at work and today I was just like, yeah, sod it, I'm 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 getting me some Eccleston. Excellent. Look forward to hearing how those sound in a few months. Yeah. So, well, uh, go, yeah, go on. In in keeping with the idea of excitement. Uh huh. This week, I went to a new supermarket. Did you? Yeah. Like, I mean, are there any supermarkets within sort of 30 miles of your house that you have not visited at this point? Um, Probably not, but this was the first time I'd been in this specific one. Right. So close to where we live, they've just opened a new Iceland store. Oh, right. Wow. I'm... I'm amazed Iceland are doing well enough to be opening new stores at the moment, to be honest. Well, I, I quite like their, like, Chinese takeaway range, except yeah. the one I went to this week only had half of it, so I was pretty angry. But mm. I am vowing never to step foot in Iceland ever again. Why is that? Okay, so, you know, last year, the punishment for you was to drink a pint of beans yep. at the end of the Wheelie Big Quiz. I'm going yep. to send you this year's punishment that I found in <laughs> oh. Iceland. All right. Right. So it should be coming through to your phone now. All right, let's have a butchers. Just give me one second. Oh, what? Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Yeah, look, it's a good thing Browns. you're vegetarian. <laughs> Jeez, Mrs. Brown's kitchen. Uh, what's that? So kitchen, it's Mrs. Yeah. Brown's kitchen. So Mrs. Brown's yeah. of Mrs. Brown's boys' fame. Yeah. So our international listeners, if you're not aware, of Mrs. Brown's boys. I, I can't be asked to explain it, but... Um, it's a man in a dress in a bad sitcom. Yes. This is the, one of the most bizarre things I have ever seen. And Ham they've... and cheese crowns mm, and watch. chicken fajita crowns. What's a crown? It just looks like a, a pastry mess. Yeah, with some gunk inside. Yeah. Christ alive. So, yeah. Sorry, Iceland. You've had your chance and you've blown it. Well, well, I guess... Uh... And the worst thing was, they're right next to the till, like an impulse purchase. 
<laughs> like, you know, when you go to the shop and you're like, oh, yeah, I think I will get a packet of mints or some chewing gum or a Mars bar. But here, it's just like, oh, do you want two disgusting... I don't even want to call them meals. Whenever I see something like that, I always think, like, oh, to be a fly on the wall in the business meetings that led up to this product launching and, and being available for public consumption. What was on that whiteboard when they were first brainstorming ideas for a Mrs. Brown's tie-in frozen snack product? Yeah, well, look at it from the it's... other perspective. If you've got baked goods and you're like, oh, yeah. we need a celebrity endorsement, <laughs> why, why would you go for... Mrs. Brown. It's it's just... Yeah, that is just... If ever there was a sign we're living in the end times. <laughs> yeah. Things are... <laughs> things are not good. Right, but... No. Since we're talking food... <laughs> yes. Meal of the week. Let's do it. Okay, so, as we always start, David, what did you have for breakfast today? Um... <sighs> I'll tell you what I had for breakfast. It was an unusual one. It was one board of necessity because Monday's the day we tend to do the weekly shop. Uh And we had no milk, no butter. Um, So the usual cereal and toast options were out of the question. So I had what um, we, we in the UK generally refer to as eggy bread. Oh, which you went might for the go PC, by... You went for the PC name for eggy bread there. Is there an un-PC name? Uh, it's occasionally I... called Gypsy Toast. Oh, I've never heard that. I mean, obviously, Americans tend to call it French Toast for some reason. Yeah. I don't know whether the French can really lay claim to dipping a bit of bread in some egg and frying it. Yeah, but you know when back when, in the when, 80s, when you just we like... all called it gypsy toast, but you can't you can't say stuff like that these days, David. <laughs> I suppose not. Um, but yeah, it's like it's you know when when you you know fate is forcing your hand, but you're secretly not not unhappy with with the results. It's like I would not I would not consciously choose to to make any bread for for breakfast on a Monday morning, but you know what. I was pretty. I was pretty happy with that outcome. What, um, yeah, what about imagine. you? What did you do for breakfast? I had a nice tall glass of Milo. Mm. Just, just like weak chocolate milkshake. <laughs> You're really getting your money's worth. Yeah, got to eat it but all. Does it what taste my wife realizes diff- like my spending habits. <laughs> what does it actually taste different to, like, say, Nesquik or something? Uh, I'd say it's a bit. It's a cross between Nesquik and Ovaltine. It's quite malty. Ah. Uh. So it is nice, yeah. but yeah, it cost me eight pounds for a pot. That's that's baffling. Yeah. Baffling. So, um, so what about your meal of the week? Have have, have you eaten this week? Ah. Uh, it's been an all right week. It's been an all right week. There are some contenders, and you know what? I've been kind of vacillating between a couple um, for most of the week, trying to figure out which one I'm going to go for. I'm going to say um, 
as much because it was it was a bit of uh, wholesome family fun as as much as anything, but also the results were pretty good. Uh, yesterday, uh, my partner and I and and our son as well, we all made pizza together. Ah, uh, from lovely. scratch. Made the dough ourselves, made the sauce ourselves, and I mean, didn't make the cheese ourselves, obviously, because that would be quite a time-consuming process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was really tasty. Another See, homemade pizza. That, the problem is now. Last time I think I had a homemade pizza, and this is becoming a weekly yeah. occurrence, was probably uh-huh. when I was in Australia. And they make what's called an Aussie pizza, where you crack an egg on the top of the pizza, so it cooks into like oh. a lovely baked egg. Wow. So, guess I'm probably going to make that at some point this week, now that memory's <laughs> popped in my head. <laughs> so what about you? What's what's the uh, highlight? I'm going to sound like a right posh git. Last <laughs> night, I cooked, and I think I'm pronouncing this correct, chicken cacciatore and parmentier potatoes. Well, lardy fucking dama. <laughs> Can you guess where so I bought that from? <laughs> Would that be a Booth's purchase, perchance? Yep, of course. I'm back on the Booth's bandwagon. <laughs> so it's one of how, them how many points do you have to get? On, how many points do you have to get on a Booth's card before they send you a free top hat and monocle? Ah, uh, you, you you joke, young man, but I actually got a freebie from Booths this week. Did you? What did you get? Uh, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and send you that as well. Hold on, just bear with me. Okie doke. Um, so, I spent a certain amount on alcohol. <laughs> a certain amount. A certain amount, yeah. And yep. they allowed me to choose a glass. You got a free glass. Ooh. Okay. So this is the one I went for because I don't understand it. Okay. Okay. So see if you can talk me through what this is. Okay. I'm 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 ready to receive. Yeah. It we go. should be coming through. <clears throat> Just loading it. It's important okay. to point out that even though we're texting on our phones, I'm still not using your phone number, and we are still on Facebook <laughs> Messenger. Okay, so it's like it's it's a moulded glass. Yep. In a sort of skull motif. Yep. That's what they've uh, gone for. Because it's for Dead Man's Fingers Spiced Rum. That I, I see, not I drank. See. I just bought some beers. Yep. And it's got a screw top lid. Yep, but it didn't though come it were with a jar. lid. No. Um... And looks like there's some kind of, uh, maybe like a screen print or something on the back of the glass. I can't make out. Yeah, if it's, it just if says dead man's or... fingers. It's it's more no. the fact that it's got a screw top, but didn't come with the a lid. The screw top lid is extremely baffling, given if... that, as you say, it didn't come with a lid. So it, it gives the impression of being some kind of novelty jar without ever actually having served the purpose of being a novelty jar. Yeah, like I don't think I can drink out of it. Yeah, I mean, I guess what they're going for is in the in your trendy bars. Sometimes mm. you'll get you'll get drinks like served in like a mason jar or something, um, which you know is irksome, but it's you know 
it's a thing that is happening. We we need to acknowledge that that is a thing. So I guess they're trying to play into that. But the the whole idea with that is you kind of you're repurposing something. Yeah. Um, upcycling, perhaps. There's no upcycling taking place here because it's a thing that has been specifically made to look like that. So yeah, very bizarre. Like it, it doesn't fulfil its purpose, and I don't no, know what to do with it. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't like to drink out of it for certain. Um, might be quite fun to stick some flowers in or something. Use as a little vase. Yeah, well, I thought if I could get a candle to sit in it, that would look all right. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Um, but yeah, I guess a talking point is what you could call that. Yeah. If any conversation starts with, what's that shit on your desk? <laughs> then it, yeah, good talking point. Absolutely. Uh, trying to think if there's anything else that I want to talk about. I don't about. think so. Well, I guess on, on the subject of Meal of the Week, we have um, you haven't really gone into detail about yours. Oh, and yeah. Crucially, you haven't, you haven't said whether or not it beats... Is it currently the... What's... I, I can't keep track of yours. What's your current frontrunner? So my current frontrunner is courgette and red pepper tagine with tomahawk steak. Ah, that's it, yeah. Um, so uh, this week it was some kind of posh chicken thing. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get the recipe so I can tell you exactly what it was. So it uh-huh. was British chicken breast, carrots and onions in a herby tomato and black olive sauce... <laughs> Served with crispy seasoned potatoes. Right. So seasoned with what? Uh, Are you a fan of olives? I am not. uh, I I quite like them, but this was very olivey. So with the seasoned potatoes, uh, I took a bit of a shortcut because it suggested salt and pepper. Yeah. Now... David, can you guess what I used to season them? Presumably not salt and pepper. No. Was it, it's was it a little dusting of Milo? Of... No, no, no. No, I've never <laughs> had the chocolate pomme de choc, as the French like to call it. Oh, no, it'd be pomme de terre de choc. No, mm. it's my favourite spice and yours. A little bit of smoked paprika. Oh, Good, good, good shout. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just just, just a little bit. It was lovely. Mm. Yeah, um, the, the, the immediate mention of olives has put me right off. I have no interest in uh, ever experiencing whatever. It was quite nice. Was, I've, I've never really had, like, chicken with olives. But, yeah, it worked. It was mm. nice. So I guess it's some kind of, like, Mediterranean jobo, you'd say. Yeah, yeah. I I would say of all the Booth's meal boxes I've had so far, and I'm pretty certain each of them has one meal of the week in their respective (laughs) week, I think that might be the best one. Fair dues, fair dues. Can't argue with that. Um, But does it beat your steak? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I think I'm going to say yes. Really? Yeah. That is your front runner for for meal of the year so far. Yeah, because like the steak, I I, I could have cooked that at home, but this really was like restaurant quality. It's probably the best meal I've ever cooked. Crikey! Yeah. Wow. 
really, really was good. Wow. Okay, well, there you go. Another ringing endorsement for Booths there. Yeah. Um, I got served by my good friend at Booths as well, the lovely, polite young man on the tills. Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot to say as well, I also drove into a brick wall when I went to Booths this week. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that hasn't tainted your opinion of them. No, I was just in the car park and I was just trying to get as close as I could to the wall and uh, just went a little bit too <laughs> close. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose it's easily done. I don't drive, so, you know, it's it's a mystery to, to me how, how anyone does anything in a car. Um, but I, I think this year for the Wheelie Big Quiz, yeah, like one of the rewards, I might just let you have a go in my car. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've failed my driving test? Though? Like, I, I could take you to my in-law's farm where there's loads yeah. of space... Yeah, I would. I would find like, we... the one errant tree stump or rock that would completely fuck that car up. Yeah, but it's absolutely fine because we'll just get like the pickup from the farm. We'll get an absolute <laughs> banger, and like there'd be no pressure. It wouldn't be like a uh, test. I would and be terrified. Just... No, I think that <laughs> might be quite good fun. I'm going to suggest that. When's well, episode he... two hundred? We'll do it then. <laughs> Is there a word for the opposite of an adrenaline junkie? Because I am that. Like, if you give me the choice between a roller coaster and a comfy armchair, I'm going armchair every time. Well, my car's got heated seats, so it's just like an armchair that goes <laughs> at 30 miles an hour. Yeah, that's too fast. Too fast for me. Um. Anyway, for what it's worth, in case any anyone's keeping score... Homemade pizza does not beat week one curry. <laughs> just just in case that needed clarifying for anyone. The, the week one curry is an absolute tyrant. I think I think you need to get it out of your mind. I mean, what can I say? You, you, you ask me what's my best meal every week and then, conversely, uh, or, or, you know, and then additionally, uh, is that therefore, you know, my best meal of the year? And it, I've got to be honest, Matt. It just it isn't, you know. It's it's one of my favourite meals of all time. You've, you you really were aiming high, and with restaurants closed <laughs> and very little time to make nice meals at home, it's a hard. It's a it's a you know tough thing to beat right now. Guess what we're gonna do the week that uh, something dethrones the week one curry. <laughs> What's that? I'm going to let you drive my car. <laughs> That's not a good idea, Matt. Um, Okie dokie. So, shall we, just for a change, just for a bit of a treat, Matt, should we talk about Doctor Who? Yeah, yeah. Like, if people have listened this long, like, we should probably give them what they want, shouldn't we? Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, I don't know what people want, because... I, I would say all of the all all of the non Doctor Who stuff is certainly the stuff that gets the most engagement on social media. Yeah, it? I know. And our numbers <laughs> keep going up and up. I keep telling yeah. people to go listen to other podcasts. So shall we talk about the girl who died, David? I think we'd better had uh peek behind the curtain, uh, listeners. We have spent over thirty minutes now 
battling in vain with Skype. Um, yeah. Imagine if we just stopped and just released an episode where it was just meal of the week and messing about. <laughs> Do you think anyone would notice at this point? <laughs> Do you think anyone listens this far? I don't know. Let us know, listeners, if you do listen past the the forty five minutes of nonsense. Um, yeah, I'm, I might put a question at the end, and the first person to correctly answer it wins a pound. <laughs> I don't know. The numbers keep going up and up, and I, even I've been a little bit sick of like the babble recently. <laughs> but we've even uh, I've been but... like. Oh, we've just had a week where we just argued about whether or not I did a music quiz or something. <laughs> but hey, I mean, it's all 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 uh, all fixed now. Now we've got uh, would I lie to who? <laughs> yeah, and we do list ourselves as a Doctor Who podcast, so we better talk we about do. it soon. We do like. technically, right? Okay, so um, yeah, kick us off, Matt. Girl who dies. So. This is episode five of season nine from the 17th of October, 2015. Yep. It is written by Jamie Matheson and Stephen Moffat and directed by, and I'm going to say this, this is like when I pronounce chicken cachetier, by Ed Balazalgette. How is it spelt? B-A-Z-A-L-G-E-T-T-E. Balazalgette. I think it might be Basiljet. Ah, oh, that's a lot easier. Than I thought I went for an Italian flair. Yeah, I I think it's actually like a British name. It's one of those weird oh, right. old posh British names. The sort of thing you get in a P.G. Woodhouse novel. Basiljet. Sort of person you'd bump into at Booths. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Ah, oh, there's Mr. Basilget getting his duck's eggs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they maybe got a first name like Florian or something. Or just John. Yeah. Where where is Ed? I reckon that's Edmund. Or Edwin. <laughs> yeah. Could be an Edwin. For uh, sure. Have we seen Ed Basiljet before? The name doesn't ring masses of bells, so I don't know that we have, to be honest. No, Jamie Matheson rings a bell. I've heard of him before. Yeah. Um, well, he did last, last series. He did uh, Mummy on the Orient Express and, and Flatline. He was, you know, the writer that I probably raved most about last series mm. other than Moffat um, and here you know teaming up dream team so mm. they, and, and as we, we you know we've agreed we, we both think they knocked it out of the park right how would you rate this episode good episode I love it I, I really like this one it kind of for me it, it combines all the best elements of a historical romp and actually carrying like real emotional weight and actually driving the overall series narrative forward. It kind of it ticks every box for me. Uh, what about you? At best, I would call this bad with some good bits. I might call this all out bad. Oh, this is... It's going to be like midnight all over again, isn't it? No, but like... Did... Like, I... I don't want to say anything until we get there, but there's one aspect of this episode where I was just like, I'm a bit tired of this now. Okay, well, we'll maybe uh, address it when we get there, but... Um... 
Do you, do you want some listener opinions? Yeah, I, I'm curious, because I don't know whether other people do rate this as highly as I do, but I just personally, this ticks every box for me. So, yeah, go for it. Okay. So, we, we've got quite a few. Okay. Uh-huh. So, our friends over at Married to Who. Yeah. Do you want to say hello to those guys, David? Hello. Anything else you want to say, David? Not at the moment, thanks. Okay. You really are an introvert, aren't you? Wait wait till I get you going round in my car. Right. So they say, and I'm assuming this is Jake, says that this looks really good and the director can definitely compose a shot. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. Okay. Our friends over at the Cloister Bell podcast. Do Nothing you want to say, to say about anything else, just the direction. Yeah. All right, fair dues. Uh, so not only have you like not said a proper hello, now you're criticizing the comments. No, no, I'm not criticizing. I'm just I'm last just observing. last year in our Christmas special, I said one of the highlights was our blossoming friendship with Marintu. <laughs> right? Don't upset the apple cart. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. And apologize to Marintu as well. So, sorry, Marintu. Thank you. That'll do. Right. Our friends at the Cloister Bell podcast, do you want to say hello to those, David, and try a bit harder this time, please? Hello! Far better. So, they say the night this was broadcast, they were at a Doctor Who convention and got to watch it live with everyone in the main hall on a big projector. Oh, nice. Do you think we'll ever do that? I don't know. Do you think when when COVID lifts, we'll go to a convention? I would love to, because I've never been to a Doctor Who convention. Um... Shall we, do, shall we do it? And I'll do it like a fly-on-the-wall documentary. <laughs> you know, you know, like when Louis Theroux went to the Gathering of the Juggalos? We can do it like that. Alrighty, then. So yeah. they said it's not the most memorable of stories, but they did appreciate the whole thing, acknowledging, and I'm not going to read the rest of that because it's a spoiler. Oh, thanks, guys. We're spoiling Matt. Well, should we just acknowledge, yeah, they talk about the fires of Pompeii in this episode. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, but we, yeah, we'll talk more about that when the time comes. Right, then, Chris, do you want to say hello to Chris? Hi, Chris. Are you going to make me what... do this with everyone? Yeah, practice makes perfect. All right. I want you to imagine you've gone to, like, a finishing school. <laughs> Okay, he says, what could have easily been an uneventful filler episode turned out to be a great adventure with some hilarious moments mm-hmm. and some proper backstory in The Doctor. So I suppose when you're wrong, you're wrong. Moving on. So, next listener. David? Yeah. It's Marty McLean. Hi, Marty. Oh, you're supposed to go big for Marty. He's our best listener. <laughs> Go on, what's Marty got to say? I'm hoping if I say that, it'll drum the other listeners into shape. (laughs) Uh, He says, another good one, with a nice few surprises. He says, Capaldi is especially funny in this, considering the episode gets quite serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the humour is really on point in this story. And then, I've saved the best till last, because I agree with this probably more than the others. So this comes from Frank. Do you want to say hello to Frank, David? Hi, Frank. Who just says, it's shit. So, <laughs> round of applause, round of applause there. So yeah, kind of we got we 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 kind of spanning the whole spectrum, really, aren't we? Yeah, um, yeah. When you no. say the spectrum, 
I, no, I don't mean that one, Matt. <laughs> but okay. it's fair to say the fandom does. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, like... I don't know. I don't know with this episode. Um, I I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say right now, I'm. I don't expect I, uh, there's anything I can say that will change your mind at this point. Um, what? But I what if I told to you? It. What if I told you that the fires of Pompeii bit isn't the bit I really hate? Um, considering I, I didn't like that episode and I made a big point of like, oh, it's not important, and then it came back every twenty minutes. <laughs> Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? What um, do you want to kick us off, Matt? Let's uh, let's let's talk about right what we've got here. So we open with Clara in a spacesuit. Nice cold mm-hmm. open. The TARDIS yeah. is under attack. Yeah. So nice sort of mid-adventure opening. Yeah. And there's something in the spacesuit with her. Yeah. So we know bad juju's going on. So, the Doctor materialises the TARDIS around her to save her. Yeah. And I did like this idea that the dar- the Doctor just lands the TARDIS so he can wipe some muck off his boot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he just... Just stamp- random planet. He stamps whatever awful, like, brain-eating worm thing uh, was in Clara's spacesuit, stamps it to death, and just goes to wipe it off just somewhere on Earth. Yeah. And then uh, they're accosted by Vikings. And you've got to love the Doctor's reaction to, to, to the Vikings. Just that kind of weary, oh, no, I'm not in the mood yeah. for Vikings. Just like, oh, of course it bloody is. <laughs> it's probably how you were feeling in that moment as well. No, I was, I was really enjoying the episode at this point because they yep. finally broke the sonic sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. Get this screwdriver back. Yeah, well, we'll see. So, the Doctor the doctor and Clara are captured, and that's yeah. where we get the titles. Yeah. I love and... that cold open. I, 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 love, I love when we get, like, a glimpse of another story that we're never going to get to yeah. see. Yeah. You know? it's, it's like in Blink, where he's just running around with a bow and arrow. Yeah. It just... Uh, there's something about just having those occasional reminders that we, as an audience, we're not getting everything. There is, you know, reminds you of the infinite story potential of this show. Yeah. Plus, like, if we go back to last week, obviously the Doctor's slightly concerned that Clara's a little bit too adventurous. Yeah. And here she is with a brain-eating worm inside her spacesuit. Yes. So, we then... After the credits, see Arya Stark. Yeah, there she is. And it's... I, I'm good. I'm gonna say it. I, yeah. I love Game of Thrones. Arya Stark's probably one of my favourite characters. Yeah. I I didn't like Maisie Williams in this. And do you think that's her performance, or is it just the way her character's written, or? I. Outside Game of Thrones, I don't know if I've seen her in anything that I've liked her in. Mm. Like, she just does the same Arya Stark thing. So someone talks to her, and then she talks really slowly and really dramatically, and that's it. (laughs) So, like, someone will be like, oh, hello, Arya, are you having a good day? And she'll be like, I'll never forget the day that 
the walls of Winterfell fell. <laughs> and I'm just like, just cheer up. <laughs> so she just seems to always be playing Arya Stark. And this, I don't know. I... Yeah, this was coming, I think, at the height of Game of Thrones hype. It's kind of amazing mm. that they were able to even get her to do this. Like, it, it, they, she must have like gone straight off the back of whatever season of Game of Thrones. It would have been like maybe four or five or something. Um, mm-hmm. Just grabbed her. You know, I guess she didn't really have to change her costume or anything. <laughs> you know, no, but just like, her down. I don't um, know. As it went on, I was just like, "Come on, you must have more to offer." Well, and, you know, yeah. Well, 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 kind of. I guess it's not a spoiler to say there may be more to come from from Maisie Williams. You know, she's oh really? Cer- well, she certainly. Not I just thought, she, yeah, I just thought she was a woman out of time. But never mind. I suppose that's a, that is a spoiler. Thanks for that, David. Well. Right. It's not. It's not much of a spoiler. They kind of tee it up at the end of this episode. Yeah, they do make a big point of like going, "Oh, she's going to live forever." Yeah, and I like assume that would be a episode... weird. That would be a weird ending for this story if they didn't pick that up at some point. Yeah, I'm guessing next episode they go to the future and she's just hanging about there, and I bet she's like, "Oh." You should have let me die. Oh, everyone I love is dead. And it just goes on and on. Well, we'll see. Um, but... Right. Yeah, I I would kind of agree with you that I think she's a little bit flat at times in this story. Mm. I don't certainly don't think she's the best thing. And in some, in some ways, there was an element of stunt casting here because of how hype you know, like I say, we were at kind of peak Game of Thrones hype before yeah, yeah. before the drop off. You know, um, round about series six, this was kind of like I thought you were going to say the drop off round about the finale. Um, well, I I detected that there was a bit of a drop off in terms of hype. I'm talking in terms of hype. I'm not talking in terms of relative quality. quality. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that is a discussion for another time, I think, and I don't want us yeah. to get completely derailed. But, um, yeah, I, 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 th- this was really, yeah, the the. I, I remember when they announced that Maisie Williams was going to be. I was like, "What? They've got Arya Stark? How is this happening?" You know, it was that level of casting. Whereas now, if they announced today that Maisie Williams is going to pop up in the next series of Doctor Who, my reaction would be like, all right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's not a slight on her as an actor. It's just the fact that I'd be like, well, I mean, sure, what else is she doing right now? You know? Mm. Whereas the fact that this was happening concurrently with her uh, work on Game of Thrones. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So we could talk about that all day, but we'll we move could, on. We could, so we could. the Vikings have returned home. They've been on a longboat for two days after finding the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor stares at Arya Stark. We should probably say her character's name is Ashilda, but I didn't know yeah. this at that point. No. So I just kept writing Arya Stark. That's fair enough. And he has some sort of feeling of premonition and he says that's just remembering in the wrong direction. Nice line. Yeah. 
But it's a very Doctor Who thing. He's always forever saying, like, I don't know, like, a hat is just hair you can take off. He always <laughs> says things are other things, doesn't he? Yes, that's the essence of Doctor Who. Going around yeah. saying things are other things. So the Doctor's plan is to free himself by replacing the leader of the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And to do so, he pretends to be Odin. Yes. And, and I love that Vikings... be- before he even does it, like Clara sort of sighs and says, it's going to be the yo-yo again, isn't it? Yeah. So he um... pretends to be Odin. And they all seem very unimpressed because the real Odin appears in the heavens. Yes. Now, question for you, Matt. And I don't know the answer to this, but if you had to put, if you're a betting man, and you had to put money on it, is this a conscious Monty Python and the Holy Grail reference or not? I think so. Yeah. The way the way that the the Odin is like framed in the clouds and stuff. Yeah. And there's absolutely no need for it. <laughs> I like, mean, you wouldn't do that unless that's what you were alluding to. I guess, I guess so. But yeah, um, but it's yeah, it's great, and I, I love that reveal. But he's like, he's there, some weird gangly alien man trying to impress Vikings with a yo-yo and <laughs> claiming to be Odin, and they're like, "You having a laugh, mate? There's Odin," you know. Uh, I like that reveal. So, like I say, the real Odin does appear and mm-hmm. says that the warriors will feast with him tonight in Valhalla. Yeah. Um, and at this point, all the aliens appear and take away the strongest warriors because the Doctor says it's a harvest. So, yeah. whoever this person is claiming to be Odin is capturing and has some sort of use, some sort of purpose for these warriors. Yeah. So, Clara... I mean, you're suggesting that... that I mean, do you buy that? You, you, you weren't for a second thinking like, oh, they've got Odin. Odin exists in uh, the Doctor Who universe. You it's weren't... always aliens, David. <laughs> You know, I spent most of last season pining for the Christian god. Here we have a literal god, and I'm just like, yeah, it's an alien. It's always aliens. Yeah. Yeah. So Clara talks to Ashilda. Yeah. And they're both taken to space jail, where the Vikings have been taken. Yeah. Okay. So a Viking is killed as he tries to escape, and the walls begin to close in. Mm Mm-hmm. So, whilst they're up on the spaceship trying to escape, the Doctor talks to people left in the village. Yep. And it turns out that all the men that were taken aboard the space jail, whatever, have been killed. But when the Doctor was captured, Shilda was given half the sonic sunglasses as like an eye patch. Yep. And she was able to use that, along with Clara, to free themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let me ask you this, David. We have false Odin. Yes. Who has been harvesting warriors because he drinks adrenaline and testosterone. Yeah. Okay. Now, is he just milking the Viking men? 
No, I think they're getting, like, pulped. Yeah, but there's an easy way to get plenty of testosterone. <laughs> Do you think it was one big circle jerk? Uh, who knows? Who knows? And then out of shame, he just killed them. <laughs> <laughs> but so, let, let's not dwell Clara, on that. No, let's just move straight on. So, Clara tries to prevent the war. Basically yeah. says, look, there's no honour in killing us. You've got our best warriors, blah de blah de blah She's, pro- she's proper doctoring it up a storm in that yeah. moment. You could imagine every word of that coming straight out of the Doctor's mouth. And she's nearly won as well. She's nearly done the classic thing of taking a very warlike race and just, like, talking circles around them until they're basically being like, oh, yeah, fair point, well, we better be off then. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, Ashilda steps up and basically says, if you want a fight, we'll give you a fight. (laughs) Yeah. So they have 24 hours until the battles take place. Mm -hmm. And just as a little foresight, false Odin takes his helmet off. And I don't think we see his full face at this point. We don't, no. But he is quite clearly all scarred to hell. Yeah. Okay. So, when they're reunited, the Doctor gives Clara a big thumbs up and says, oh, I'm not a hugger. Yeah. But then, but then... gives her a little hug. Ah. Lovely moment, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh... we find out the enemy are called the Maya. Mm-hmm. Spelled... Shall we just talk about... Uh, yeah, spelled sorry. M-I-R-E, which I did not pick up on first viewing. I assumed it was like, you know, like the the ancient South American race. Oh, and really? I, yeah, and I was just like, why have they gone with that? That seems a bit yeah. odd. But then when I saw it written down, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, now I see where you're going for there. But, you know, they're homonyms, so I wasn't to know. Yeah. But they're, they're basically just like ultimate warriors aren't they they just go around their reputation is they beat everyone in fights Mm. and they just live for battle yeah but if i had one criticism of this story it would be that the the maya are a pretty generic doctor who villain you know why why isn't it like the sycorax or something we've seen before it could be the sycorax could be the ice warriors could be the Sontarans. It's like it's not as though Doctor Who is lacking in the warlike alien races department. Mm. Um, but no, we got a new one. I guess they wanted a different helmet design. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Doctor tells the Vikings that they should just go hide in the forest for a week. Let this whole thing blow over. No one else needs to die. Yeah. The Meyer will get bored and move on. Yeah. But the Doctor is overlooking the fact that the Vikings want to fight. That's also what Vikings live for. Yes. Yeah. This idea of a good death. Mm. So the, the the idea this episode is all really circling around is this sort of like the, the folly of honour and, mm. you know, you know, War for the sake of war, you know. So, the Doctor 
uses a power that we haven't seen him use in a while. He starts to talk baby. Yeah. Nice to have that back, I guess. I, I mean, it's it's nice at this moment purely because of Capaldi's performance. Mm. I think he's absolutely stunning in that moment, in that scene, when he's translating. It's been a while baby. since I've seen him. How How's your little boy coming on with talking? Ah, uh, he's a right chatterbox. How, how old is he now? Is he a couple of years? Yeah, he's... Uh... Two, two, two and uh, four months ish. I think I don't know. I I've, I don't track the months very well. But, I thought uh, you were going to say, "Oh, I don't know when his birthday is." <laughs> <laughs> no, I could probably probably um, recall that, but um, yeah, no, he's uh, he's a right he's a right chatty so and so. Okay. So the baby in the episode, not your little boy, mm-hmm. talks about fire on the water. Yeah. Okay. Bet you could not guess where that was going. No, <laughs> like, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, I bet As you are. As a science teacher, we're going to talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Ashilda ultimately asked the doctor to help. Yes. And the doctor says, well, I'm concerned because if I help and we win, that makes Earth a target. And he keeps using the phrase, doesn't he? Ripples into tidal waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does. He says, if you're the planet that beats the Maya, then you essentially become the ch- champion and other people will challenge you. It's easier to lose this battle. Yeah. Okay, but it is the baby talking to the Doctor that causes him to stay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did like this part. This bit made me laugh. When the Vikings were like, why can't we train with real swords? And the Doctor says, oh, why don't you ask Limpy? And it's just a man with, like, half his leg cut off. Yeah. And he just says resignedly, because we can't be trusted with them. Yeah. I can't remember. Who are his... He's got a little posse, hasn't he? There's, like, ZZ Top. Yeah, because he can't... Because he says, I can't be bothered with, like, you having your proper names, so he just get, gives them all the nicknames. It's Lofty, Chuckles, That's right. Heidi. Um, I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Um, I think that's most of them. ZZ Top you mentioned, uh, but yeah, this whole training section is just so funny. I think you got that, you know, that part, and then that hard cut. From right, it's time to bring out the real swords and just smash cut into the carnage of uh, mm. afterwards. Um, so one note I've made at this point, yeah, and it it's something we haven't really alluded to, uh, although I, I don't think there'll be any disagreement. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't want to do, just reduce her down, but I've just written. Uh, I don't know why, in this episode, I just noticed Clara's absolutely beautiful. Oh, she is. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like, no I I know there's been other instances, but just this episode, I don't know why, I was just fixated on Clara. I was just like... (laughs) Maybe because it was the jerkin she was wearing. (laughs) Maybe. I was going to say, it's not not her most flattering costume, but... um, No. I guess maybe it's just... Oh, my Lord. Um, I, I it could just be the fact that you weren't enjoying the rest of the episode very much, so your your brain was gravitating to the things you were enjoying the most. Yeah, 
don't know, because, like, obviously I've seen loads of episodes with her in. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I've never just really thought that, but, like, like I say, my mind just went, flipping heck. Yeah. She's looking nice today. Absolutely. Um... Okay, so we hear a thunderclap, mm-hmm. and the thunder is actually the weapon forges of the mire. Yeah. And at this point, the Doctor says the best he can hope to give the Vikings is a good death. But it's also at this point when Clara's trying to talk him into a plan and how we're going to solve this. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, you really need to stop thinking like this and you need to get a hobby. And she says that the Doctor is her hobby. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting because it ties into what we've discussed a little bit about clara this series where actually the doctor is a lot more than just a hobby he's pretty much all she's got yeah that's positive yeah the idea of loss has just followed her through this series Mm. i wonder what i wonder what her exam results are going to be like this year (laughs) the year the year in which this is taking place in in clara's life like i I wonder i don't want to talk about that I'm back at I'm work sorry. on Friday. Okay, uh, last thing I want to be bloody thinking about is exam results. I'm sorry. It's just it's it's funny because it, like it's easier to forget this series because without Danny Pink around, but she is still technically a school teacher and is presumably yeah. being dropped off and occasionally doing a couple of weeks of actual teaching. I was going to say because we have seen her in school this series, haven't we? Yeah, briefly in episode I wonder, one. If I was her, I'd have said, oh, can I take a couple of weeks emotional leave? Mm-hmm. And in those weeks, that's when I'd do about four years worth of adventuring. Yeah. <laughs> right, Just... so... Yeah. The Doctor refers back to his duty of care. Yes. And Clara yeah. says... That's a phrase that's you... cropped up earlier this series, I believe. Yeah. Again, uh, I feel that's... Along with this bloody hybrid, that's going to be like a key term... Each episode of this series. So, Clara ultimately just tells the Doctor to go and win. That's what he always does. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point that I've just written in my notes, is Maisie Williams good in this episode? Because she's just, like, doing shadow puppets and gone full Arya Stark where she's like, when, when the Lock Warriors leave the village... That's when I play shadow puppets, and I'm like, I don't care, love. <laughs> just, just, you know, say what you've got to say. You don't have to be weird about it. But it turns out Ashilda is weird. She's always been different, always been strange. Mm. So, the baby that we've mentioned a few times is crying over this conversation between Ashilda and the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And it gets taken to the boathouse when it needs to be calmed down. Is it Lanky? Lofty. That was his da- Lofty. Yeah. Takes the baby to the boathouse and that helps to calm it. Mm-hmm. And this is where the doctor realizes fire in the water and yeah. what it means. He gets his eureka moment. Yeah. Electric eels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's uh, that's the crux of this uh, this story. That's the crux of yeah. his plan. Yeah. Um, so then we get quite a f- sort of fast montage where we're not we're purposefully not being shown the whole plan. We're just yeah. getting little glimpses 
of something's coming together and, and the doctor's, you know, rabbiting on excitedly. Um, can mm-hmm. we just talk about how good Capaldi is in general in this story? He he, he really is running the gamut, I feel like, of, of Doctor. Yeah, he, he's getting better and better. You know, I was critical of his first series, but, you know, I keep saying it. I see why people like I, him. So I much. think it took that first series for Moffat and the other writers to really get a sense of how to how to give him the full range of doctory features, mm. if that makes sense, and, and have that fit with his underlying personality and, and, and line delivery and and all of that. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely really settled in at this point. So, like you say, we get a big montage of their plan coming together, mm-hmm. and once the Maya appear, the Vikings are all just having a little party, a little bit of like a Kaylee dance. Yeah. And, you know, there's a brief conversation before we see that the blacksmith has rigged wires all around the hall to mm-hmm. the eels. So, they use the wiring from Clara's... Spacesuit. Spacesuit, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, because the TARDIS is still in the woods, isn't it? It is. I think they said they're about two days' journey away from it. Mm. So, I do like the design of the unmasked Maya. I mentioned last week I like the mm-hmm. design of the Fisher King. I thought the Maya looked pretty good this week. Yeah, definitely. And as part of his big plan, David, yeah. the Doctor... Reverses the polarity of the neutron flow. <laughs> yeah. Little heart back. We haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, the average with the new series is most new Doctors get, get to do it at least once. Mm. Um, right. And yeah. then in my notes, I've just written half a page of calculations working about the electricity of electric eels. <laughs> so I, 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 won't, I won't bore you with that. Yeah. Does the doctor like... does the doctor not say something about he's going to use the 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 this an element of Clara's spacesuit to magnify the the electricity? I I can't remember I exactly. I don't know because I I was trying to work out like is that enough to kill <coughs> you? And basically through some brief calculations, yes. Yeah. It is. Right. So the problem isn't the amount of current that they generate, okay? Mm. So they, they generate roughly one amp, which doesn't sound very much. But it, okay. that's that would be enough to, to, to run a powerful electromagnet, which is what they do. Yeah, well, it, it is enough to kill someone. So right, usually fair enough. It's, it's about 0.2 of an amp. I, I didn't realise they were that deadly, to be honest. I thought they would probably be a bit on the insipid side, but... Oh, yeah, it's, it's the, uh, in terms of electrocution, it's the current that's dangerous. Now, the main problem is, look, I've done some calculations. I'll talk yeah, you through yeah, it. Yeah, and no, I go for uh, it. Uh, okay, so eels, electric eels, produce roughly one amp of current. Right. At a potential difference of 600 volts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what that means is their total power output is about 600 watts. Okay. Okay. So then you times that by the time taken 
or the time that that current is flowing for. Mm-hmm. Now, when I googled it, electric eels do that for about two milliseconds. So that means the total amount of energy that an electric eel can give out per shock is roughly 1.2 joules of energy. Okay. Okay, so that's enough to move roughly a tennis ball one metre. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't sound hard. a lot, but when it's going through your heart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, the main difference is, if you compare that to UK mains electricity, mm-hmm. that runs at 13 amps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, not only does it run at 13 amps, but it's a lower voltage than eels, 250 volts. Mm-hmm which gives us 3,000 watts mm. okay, of power. Yeah. Now, the problem is, obviously, men's electricity is over a prolonged period of time. Yeah. So, I did it for one second, and that is 3,000 joules. That's enough to move a tennis ball 3,000 kilometres. Fair difference. No, sorry, three... Yeah, three kilometres, 3,000 3 metres. Yeah. So, there's a fair bit of difference, but... Electric eels still have the ampage to kill you. Yeah. Can you tell that I'm teaching an energy unit at school at the moment? So I just did some calculations just to test my understanding. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe you could use this episode as uh, as a um, uh, case study. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> um, but yeah, I okay. It's a silly plan, but I kind of like it. I, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't, but it's so left field. It's so out of nowhere. There is no other show on TV where you would have Viking farmers fighting laser gun toting aliens using a sort of elaborate Rube Goldberg machine setup featuring electric eels and electromagnets and a puppet dragon. Have you ever seen the film Outlander? I don't think so, no. So the film Outlander's pretty similar to this. So there's a basically like a spaceman, space police... Mm. who's fighting an alien in his spaceship, and it causes him to crash land. Ah. And when he crash lands, it's in a Viking settlement. Ah. So it's all about him training Vikings to fight this alien monster. It's pretty good. I'd recommend it. Yeah, it actually sounds up my street. It, it's better than I make it sound. And it, it whilst it follows the same premise as this episode, it's quite different. Yeah, yeah. Because I imagine they do actual fighting in it. Rather than yeah. sort of electric eel based nonsense. Yeah, and it's enjoyable as well. That's another key <laughs> um, Right. But anyway, so. yeah, so so they, they go through this whole plan, they manage to use the magnet to, to, to grab the guns and, and the and crucially the helmet. Yeah. Which... So they worked out that the helmets were used to do the whole Odin projection in the clouds, didn't mm. they? It's all like an optical illusion projection mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. So once they have the helmet, they give it to a shielder who puts it on and projects like a horrible serpentine monster, like basilisk type thing. 
Yeah. Okay. And when the Maya finally give up, it's one of her like weird puppet show stories, and she's projected it over the longboat with the mm-hmm. dragon like figurehead. It's sort of like it, it enhanced CGI, basically. That the Maya yeah. have been treated to, like uh, like the special edition of uh, Star Wars. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So maybe well, maybe she just loads of Jewbacks in the background. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and Jabba the Hutt just sort of weirdly st- standing around for, for ten seconds, not so saying anything. Once um, yeah. he accepts defeat. Mm-hmm. The doctor begins to humiliate the Maya leader. So Clara filmed it on her phone mm-hmm. and threatens to share it to like the Galactic Network, so yeah. everyone will know what happened. Because we just see the video. I think don't they put the Benny Hill theme over it? They do. Where, they do indeed. Where the Maya are all running around, scared of basically a boat. Yeah. Uh, so. The Doctor then hacks his teleporter and sends him away. Basically says, mm-hmm. don't come back or your reputation will be in tatters. Mm-hmm. And then we get a sad little bit, David, because mm-hmm. Shilda is passed out in the helmet with mm-hmm. no pulse. She's dead from heart failure. You see, this genuinely, it shocked me at the time because I, when I, when I first watched this, I completely forgot what the title of this story was. Yeah, but like, one minute she's like leading the charge, and mm-hmm. then she's just dead. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of. Uh, do you remember your favorite episode, The Unquiet Dead, when Gwyneth God. steps into the into the alcove as as a bridge for the uh, the Gelf, and yeah. you know the the Doctor says, you know, she was dead the moment she stepped into that arch. You know, it's it's kind of that thing where where the Doctor was so wrapped up in the plan, he kind of forgot that there was a, a frail little human in, involved in it, being sort of plugged into alien technology. Um, so, yeah. No, it lands for me, emotionally, as a moment. Um, See, that bit didn't, but I quite like the next bit, where the Doctor is quite clearly upset, and he says mm-hmm. he's sick of losing. Mm. And when Clara questions him, he says, look, I'll lose any war, but I'm sick of... Leave, losing people. Yeah. So, we yeah, then again, get this... Ho- Cap- Capaldi's amazing in this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then... You're, yeah, it, it comes back one more time. Yeah. Fires of Pompeii. <laughs> For an the episode most... that means nothing, it turns out it's the most relevant episode ever. It's pretty consequential. It really is. Right. So, we get a flashback to Fires of Pompeii. <laughs> Fires do. of fucking Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> and and think about how I must have felt when we recorded this, that episode, Matt. The amount I was having to bite my tongue whilst you sort of sat there talking about how pointless it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, I'm waiting a long time for this moment. But... <laughs> Yeah, so it didn't land for you then. The fu- or were you just livid? I was just like, <laughs> all right, I I get it, I get yeah. it, right. Doctor I mean, Who's done me again. When this episode first aired, I didn't quite know how to feel about that moment because I was like, 
I I was not one of those fans who felt like it needed addressing. Mm-hmm. I was quite happy with that being an unanswered question or or not. It wasn't basically it wasn't really even a question for me. You know, Colin Baker is in a is in a Doctor Who story like a year before he becomes the Doctor, and he's playing a different Time Lord. You know, um, it's fine. It happens. It's TV. Um, but having said that, I feel like they waited for an appropriate, you know, they didn't just do it for the sake of doing it. It felt like a good addition to this story. Mm-hmm. So I can't argue that. And obviously some people, some people take it to be like, this is the truth of it. But my headcanon, my reading of this scene is that it could well still just be complete random coincidence that he's ended up with a face similar to that of that Roman he saved, but it triggers yeah, it that memory. It does seem a leap in logic, doesn't it? Yeah. What, but what, yeah, so like I say, my headcanon is just, it's coincidence, but it triggers that memory and the Doctor interprets it in that way and that's all he needs. You know, doesn't matter whether it was like genuinely some subconscious choice he made or not. That's potentially a stretch, I think. But what matters is the memory. So he basically flashes back to Donna saying, you know, we can't save everyone. But why don't we just try saving one person? Yeah, just save someone. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a twist in here because... In that episode, doesn't he want to save the daughter, and he just saves Capaldi by proxy? But no, here it's like oh, he he saves the whole family. I know, but I don't yeah. think he was specifically aiming for the daughter. I think he was just going for those fam- people because they were the ones who'd shown them kindness and and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, so he realizes that face is the face. He links to saving people, mm-hmm. and therefore he's going to save a shielder. Yeah, as as he says, it's to hold me to the mark, you know. Yeah. So off he goes, um, and he see. gives a shielder a Maya medical patch, mm. which basically can cure any ailment, any injury, and puts off death. Yeah. Okay. And he gives her a second dose because he puts it on her head and it just sort of gets absorbed, doesn't it? Yes. And he says the second dose is for whoever she chooses Mm. and says, don't thank me yet, okay? So we get all this allusion to the point that immortality maybe isn't all it's cracked up to be and certainly the Doctor feels that way. Yeah, he should know at this point. So he tells Clara that Ashilda's now immortal and says, that doesn't mean she's going to live forever. It means she's going to see everyone else die. Yeah. Okay. And she might eventually meet someone she's afraid to lose. And the Doctor sort of looks at Clara as if to say, that's you, by the way, for me. (laughs) And the episode ends with the Doctor saying, yeah, I suppose now she's got that Maya technology. She's a hybrid. Dun, dun, dun. And then we just get a weird bit where the sun rises and sets all around the shoulder. 
You say weird, I say gorgeous. Um, I think that's an amazing shot. That's what people say about you. That's how I defend you. <laughs> people are like, oh, are you doing your podcast with Weird David? And I'm like, you say weird, I say gorgeous. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I do like that closing shot. It's it's kind of, you know, it has an element of mystery to it, but it tells a story in itself. Um, and yeah, really nicely done, I feel like. You know, the camera just circling round and, you know, zooming out and panning in. It's one sort of fluid motion. A lot of work must have gone into that. But, uh, yeah, pays off, I think. Um, but, yeah, that does it for The Girl Who Died. So, not not a favourite for you, it sounds like. Nah. I mean, I'm not going to say too much. I've learnt my lesson yeah. from thingy Pompeii. Yeah. Right. It's obvious that Shilda's coming back, isn't she? Yeah. What if I... Shall like I, t- say, I I think she'll be mad. Mm. Well, you may not have to wait too long to find out. The next episode that we shall be discussing, that is The Woman Who Lived. Oh, great. So... It's another two-parter! This was a, a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah, you kept that under your hat, didn't you? You <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Um, great so yeah uh, we'll have to wait and see. so so your prediction for the woman who lived is um, we're in the future yeah. and she's gone bonkers not necessarily bonkers but she's mad that she's immortal she's right. seen everyone else die she's had enough of it and when she sees the doctor it's all his fault mm. well and then he'll teach her a lesson about the beauty of life and they'll part as friends well, that's a, that's a solid prediction, but uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, how much of that comes to fruition. Um, but until then, as always, listeners, thank you very much for listening, and cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.